Laurie Daly, Michael Clark, and Ben Way welcoming you this morning. I hope you've had a good morning thus far as we rip into a big Wednesday, January 24. And unsurprisingly, news that Djokovic has progressed through to his 48th Grand Slam semi final. At the Australian Open, we will go through those details a little bit later on, including a remarkable win by Coco Goff, who looked absolutely shot to pieces early, but managed to come back. She'll play against Sabalenka in the next round, so she's certainly having a fantastic tournament. In the cricket, Pat Cummins has caused a little bit of a stir, suggesting that he is in favour of a date change when it comes to Australia Day, as politics and sport collide once again. A little bit of chat out of the AFL. Nathan Brown and Kane Corns likely to spar. I think that's the term. Spar in a boxing bout. There might not be much sparring knowing those two. But either way, ahead of Gather Round. And that is going to create plenty of chatter. And we're hopefully going to put it out to you guys a bit later to see who you think would be a great sporting celebrity matchup if it came to a boxing bout. Maybe a beef that needs a little bit of resolution. Speaking of which, in rugby league, Benji Marshall and David Nofaluma, that relationship is done. He has accepted the club's offer, David, to depart immediately. I think 300,000 was the figure thrown out there. So their leading try scorer historically has parted ways. Apart from that, 70 from Joel Embiid in the NBA. A lot of NFL as we steam towards the Super Bowl. Plenty to discuss. Michael, how are you? Morning, Benny. Uh, morning, Loz. Morning, all. Uh, going well, thanks. Looking forward to tonight. Uh, BBL final. Yes. Um, big game. Forecast is a cracker for today. Uh, I think they're saying 30 odd, as you said, 30 odd degrees out west. So uh, SCG will be 30. It'll be hopefully a, a full house. Good crowd turnout. Um, and I think we're in for a good game. Both teams come into it, obviously, with wins and full of confidence. Um Interesting to see, we spoke to Sean Abbott yesterday, interesting to see the 11 that the Sydney Sixers pick. Um, and I think there's probably a slight advantage to them based on home ground, knowing the conditions quite well. Um, you know, someone like the experienced Stephen O'Keefe, I think is going to be a big player tonight just to to use that SCG wicket. Hopefully it'll turn pretty big boundaries, uh, but I think we're in for an absolute belter. So, yeah, big day, boys, in the cricket world for um, everyone involved in the BBL. Laurie, happy 25th wedding anniversary. Yes. Today's the yes, day. Yes, today the day, boys. Um, did you get anything in the end? I did, yeah. I relented. What'd you go for? I can't tell you. Why? Well, I've got to give it to her. The wife's not listening, Matt. She's not getting up at 5.30 to listen to you. I know, but I'm not going to tell you what I, I gave her, but I will tell it you sounds tomorrow. sounds like you haven't got anything. I mean, <laughs> what do you mean? It, it sounds like you haven't got anything yet, and you're planning to get it on the way home. No. No. I've got something. Okay. And, 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 I made a late dash and you know yesterday. What? You're, you're allowed to say none of your business. Mm. <laughs> you're allowed to tell us that. No, I'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs> and then we'll keep asking <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <Yeah. laughs> oh, Gives you'll tell us. Well, congrats. Congratulations, uh, mate. Thank you. 25 years. We joke about it, but I think that... Um, well, I think the government... I reckon every 10 years you're married, the government should give you a million dollars. For every 10 years? For every 10 years. If you're married 10 years, that's a great achievement. Yeah. So I reckon the government should pay you a million bucks. Well, what I will say about marriage, there's a lot of ups and downs all the way through. All the way through your life. And during marriage, you'll have your ups and downs and you just 
got to do what you think is right at times and you've just got to... The key is probably to apologise more than what you should. <laughs> be good at saying sorry. <laughs> be good at saying sorry. Okay. But no, it's been uh, enjoyable and looking forward to the next 25 years being Love married. It. Hey, what do you make of the situation at the Tigers? A sentence that I feel is added way too regularly. They have a few situations. That oh, oh, they do. But I think Benji's drawing a line in the sand. I think the last couple of years they've been mediocre at best. They've struggled to put performances on the field and a lot of that would come back to the way they've been training, the way they've been preparing, the way they've been acting like professional athletes. And I think it was in December that David Nofaluma has turned up for training. And I'm only going on what I read. I don't mm. know any anymore. But he wasn't in great shape. And Benji's put it on him and said, mate, this is not how a professional athlete turns up after a season. You've got to be ready to go these days. So he got a warning letter. Uh, then uh, he failed to turn up for training. And the club issued him another breach because he didn't adhere to the club protocols when it comes to missing training. Um, and then David has thought that Benji uh, has taken a set against him, obviously thinks that he'll never play first grade under Benji, um, got the Players Association involved, and they now come to an agreement, and I think the right agreement has been made to part ways because David Nofaluma is a wonderful player. He's a very good first grader. Um, he scored, I think, 100 tries for the West Tigers, um, I think his time there is done. He'll probably rejuvenate himself if he goes to another another team. Will someone pick him up? Yeah, someone will pick him up yeah, for sure. Okay. Someone will pick him up. They'll pick him up quite cheap. Yeah, uh, There'll be still clubs there with money in their salary cap that is looking for an outside back. So didn't he play I think it's the right decision. Pl- Went to Melbourne. Get, yeah, did Tigers released him to allow him to go to Melbourne? Because yeah. there was some beef, I feel like, not, not last year, the year before, with something, was it with might have been with Madge and him. I feel like there's been some beef before with him. Yeah, I think that was where he turned up to training, I think, under the weather. Yeah, okay. So I, they dropped him. I, I think that was... Okay. There, there was. There, there was an incident. Yeah, I remember... So. There was an incident. And I think it had, It was a alcohol-related issue. Yeah, okay. Um, well, Benji Strong... Like, again, I, I, I think at the end of the day, if... Player, coach, and I, I believe this in, in any deal that you do, and I know there's contract involved, but if a player's not happy or a coach is not happy, they're better off coming to a, as much as, okay, this creates a headline today, it's yeah. gone tomorrow, yeah, most rather than spending the whole season there. There's nothing worse than having a player there that doesn't, doesn't want to be there or is doing stuff to harm the culture. Well, the longer the player is there and he's unhappy, yeah the more chance you are of creating unhappiness at the club because they've got friends there. Yeah. And, and Benji can't afford team. that at the start of his coaching career. No, you've got to cut it on, uh, cut the head off yeah. straight away and move on. Yeah, I agree. A few texts already coming through. The SMS number 0419767272. The first text, before we even came through this morning, uh, it was sitting there waiting for us. Hi, boys. Pat Cummins needs to lead the Australian team instead of getting involved with something he knows nothing about. He needs to learn the date when Captain Cook landed. It wasn't the 26th of January, Pat. Lead your cricket side and not the Australian people. We can think for ourselves or you will lose all the respect we have for you. That one from David in Wagga. 
And a follow-up to that, and probably a differing view, so every knucklehead in Australia can get online and, t- and on Talkback and give an opinion on Australia Day, but Pat Cummins can't. What rubbish. And on the flip side, just because he believes we should change the date doesn't mean we have to. I mean, truthfully, none of us think he shouldn't be commenting on it. He was asked about it. He can't dictate what the questions are. He was asked about his opinion about the date. And he gave his opinion. I I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. Uh, And rather than us putting words in his mouth, I should just clarify what he said. Because when you look at it word for word, there's there's hardly anything that you could refute. I absolutely love Australia. It's the best country in the world by a mile. We should have an Australia Day, but we can probably find a more appropriate day to celebrate it. Any dramas there? I think with what Pat has done, he's certainly created headlines with his opinions on certain uh, things that are going on today in today's world. Um, I think everyone is entitled to their own opinion and it's up to everyone to decide what they think is best. There's some some people that will uh, support Pat on on what he said, but there'll be others that vehemently disagree with him, that that don't want to change uh, the date. But I think this is always going to keep bubbling along. I, I don't think no, this is ever going to go just, away. It yeah. will be a discussion that we will have into the future, no, we around spoke, this time every year. <laughs> we spoke to Stuart Clark the other day, and we weren't happy that he sat on the fence and didn't answer it. Now Pat does answer it when mm. some people are not happy with Pat's answer. Well, if he, said the, if he went the other way, we'd be getting the same text message just from different people. Like, True. If he said, no, nah, I love Australia Day being the 26th and let's just get on with it, then we'd be receiving exact same text messages just from, from different people. So, uh, And this is my point as well where we say, keep politics out of sport. Mm. Uh, okay, don't ask him the question. Don't ask him the question about Australia Day if you don't want him to answer. If he says, no comment. There's another headline. Yeah. The Australian cricket captain hasn't got the courage to give his opinion on such an important topic to this country. The second highest <laughs> how, post in mate, the country. How do you win? Don't ask the question if you don't want an answer. Pat, you have the right to feel whatever you feel mm. and believe whatever you believe. And people have the right to disagree with Pat. They also have the right to agree. I find it difficult that Cricket Australia is piggybacking off the Australia Day public holiday for the test match and then not discussing Australia Day. To me, that I feel like you either need one or the other there. But apart from that, I don't have any drama with... Well, my only thing, like, again, I, I just... My question is, why is it... Why now? Why this year? Like, the Australia Day one-day game in Adelaide was a massive fixture in the calendar. Mm. Um, you know, they're playing a test match on Australia Day this year. Why, why have they, have they decided this year that we're not going to, like, I think, um, so who was interviewed from cricket Australia? So I can't remember who was, someone was interviewed and they, I think they're saying they're not going to use the words Australia Day. Correct. As a marketing ploy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fairly minor. I, ju- I just, I just, I don't know why. Like, why did did we you did we say the word Australia Day last year? Was the situation different last year? I and think it has always been marketed as an Australia Day game, whether it be the one day yeah. or a Test match. Mm. And Nick Hockley was on radio. I might have been. It Nick may then, have yeah, been. I, Nick. I don't remember who said it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. 
Yeah, but in regards to Pat, it's, you know, I, I, I think you can disagree with his opinion, but you can't have the shits with him for answering the question. I think he's, no, you gotta be, I think he's done the right thing that he's been you asked. You've got to be respectful and, to both parties. Yeah. That's, that's the issue. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a cop topic of conversation. And some people don't have an opinion on it, Laws. No, and some people have a strong opinion. That's exactly right. Yeah. But whatever you do, you've got to respect everyone yeah. in the debate. You can't have hatred. Towards yep. one another because nothing will get solved. No, here, here. Uh, the texts are roaring through, unsurprisingly. Michael from Canberra, totally agree with Camo's reply and Clarkie's comment. Then we have Dan who sent through what I have a problem with is why we're CA using Australia Day to promote the Gabba test. Enjoy your Australia Day long weekend at the Gabba, etc., yet won't acknowledge Australia Yeah, that's, Week. And that's a fair, that's what you're saying, Benny. That's yeah. fair. I think that's a fair call as well. Yeah, so he's now thinking, I'm going to bypass the test. I have accommodation booked in Brisbane, three three-day tickets, and we're walking away, going to Stradbroke Island instead. I, I do think, well, I, I respect whatever Dan chooses to do. I do think that'll be at the minimum. People are very quick to say, I'll boycott the test, I'm not going to go. Mm. The fact of the matter is, people who love their cricket are most likely to still go. Um, but if all we're discussing is a shift in marketing mindset, I just don't know why it's it's worth the attention it's mm. getting. Uh, one other discussion point from overnight in regards to the Australian Open was the scheduling. So Craig has sent through his thoughts on that. So the Sinarublev match was at 10.40 last night. Surely the organisers could have moved Sabalenka's match to another court so the men's match could start at a common sense time. My understanding on that is that both the women and the men were asked about moving their match from centre court, but then it wasn't wasn't required in the end because Djokovic's match wrapped up so quickly. So they put it to the women and the men, hmm. um, but in the end, it didn't matter anyway. Djokovic was able Lo- to clean up Logistically, how sets. would that have worked with fans? Well, because they, they wouldn't deemed... have been booked to go and watch one match on another arena. No, you're... So they would have that been... That is true. They would have been booked on that centre court. So if they moved a match and another one was going on at the same time, you're paying and not getting what you're paying for. I think the sessions... I think they're malleable anyway. You're never really a lock to see some of the matches you think you will, simply because right. one So match... even though they've got three games on centre court and you bought your centre court ticket, if they all of a sudden went, right, oh, this game is now being played over there and you've got to choose which game you watch, how does that work? I, I could understand why you would be aggrieved there, yeah. but... I think, and I understand the schedule. If they go to fives, if the first three go to five sets, they may have to abandon the fourth anyway. So, are you better to have it on a differing court and not have the tournament fall behind, as opposed to? Yeah, that that comes down to their timing, doesn't it? Well, we had a match. The game earlier. We had a match finish past three a.m. earlier on in the tournament. But I can understand earlier on because they've got so many more games. Knowing when you get to the quarterfinal stage, you've only got a certain amount of game. And the big discussion point in the Daily Telegraph, Visa Las Vegas, the race to ensure stars US entry. That has been a concern for clubs. They've taken that concern to the boss in Peter Volandes and said, we need to make sure all of our players can get into the country. Is this a drama you could foresee, Laurie? Oh, well, I, well, I suppose a lot of... Well, the NRL, 
I'm unsure of whether they would have known about a lot of the possible charges that a lot of players have been on. And some are minor, and some minor charges don't allow you into the US, but there's some other players that have been charged with with what people would consider serious offences. And, um, uh, you know, we know over there in America that, that they crack down on, on these, these things. And if you've got issues and you've got history, then you mightn't be allowed in. But I, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what the relationship is like with the... With, um, uh, the the government and the NRL, I doubt whether they'd have too much of a relationship, but I suppose the Australian government would have to get involved and try and help if there were players or a lot of players that were struggling for visa requirements. But I'm sure, um, yeah, something will happen in in the next couple of weeks because we're not too far away from going over there, um, and the majority of players are expected to be granted their their visas. Um, but we've just got to wait and see about some of these players that have got charges against their name and whether they'll be allowed to go into the US or not. The Courier-Mail unsurprisingly highlighting tonight's Big Bash final, getting underway 7.15 local time at the SCG. Big Moses on the front there. It is state versus state, isn't it? A little bit of a a mini Big Bash state of origin tonight. Yeah, for sure. I I think there's... It's a final, so there's rivalry no matter what two teams make it. But, yeah, I think there's... You know, uh, all, just about all those boys on, on both teams, I would imagine, uh, follow the rugby league. So, like I said yesterday, I think any time New South Wales plays Queensland in any sport, um, it's extra competitive and there's there's certainly that rivalry. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be a good game. Again, I think um, conditions are different to what both teams have played in, in their last couple of games. So they'll have to assess those. Um it feels a bit like you've got the experienced and older players in the Sixers team versus this uh, this younger Brisbane Heat team. I think when you look at ages, that mightn't be the case, but it's just got that feel, you know. The, the, the standouts for um, for the Sixers, certainly in this final series, has been their senior players. They've really led from the front, and then we've got, um, you know, Brisbane Heat, we're seeing new faces or new names um, stand up and, and help them get to this position. So, yeah, it should be an absolute beauty tonight. Is it 7 o'clock? 7.15. Okay. 7.15. Uh, well, don't quote me on that. But mm. That was what I read. Did you okay. say 6.15 yesterday? Did Brisbane time. I did. Ah, Brisbane right. Time, okay. It's Brisbane time. Yes. Right. I read the back page of the Courier Mail Right. misled a couple of people. So uh, hopefully uh, right. I've remedied no, the I, situation I, I, now. I just wondered whether I made that up or did I think that someone no. said 6.15? I did, well, I did think at the time that sounds like a suspiciously early start. Yeah. Yeah. I think I even made comment to you guys, but no, that would be why. Uh, we need to get to our news and then we've got plenty more to get through. There are some things that I'm very keen to discuss. One is this boxing bout between Kane Corns and Nathan Brown. Uh, so they're on the Sunday footy show, the AFL Sunday footy show together. Are they mates? And uh, Yes, they're definitely oh, mates. So but two I mates think, doing something for charity. Yeah, but Raise some money. You know how sometimes there are mates that you just... You reckon there's beef? Not legit beef, but uh, I think they'll enjoy fighting oh, each other. I think, mate, they're ex-athletes, so when they get in the ring mm. with gloves on, I would imagine there's still going to be that competitive spirit. Ego on the line. Yeah, of course. But at least they're mates trying to do something yep. to raise some money for charity. I reckon I, I like that. So Dale Thomas is up against his former teammate in Dane Swan. Awesome. And the other one is Anthony Rocker and Corey McKernan. So that one's a little bit of a blast from the past, mm. but... 
But there's oh. been no beef there with those guys no. that you can remember. But the question I'm going to throw out to our listeners is, who are two, let's just go with celebrities, but two people of note that you would love to see in the boxing ring for just that one time. Can't wait uh, for these messages to come well, through, Loss. <laughs> Craig has, oh <laughs> Craig's actually already suggested Benway and Peter Zorba Peters. Uh, <laughs> and uh, to Craig, uh, I tell you what, I don't, I would lose that, and I'd lose significantly, I think. You'd um, have youth on your side. That's all I have mm. on my side. Boxing is just not a strength not your go. of mine. No, well, I wouldn't no. know. I've never actually done it. But You would have done a boxer yeah. size. That, of course, is... <laughs> that <laughs> is... <laughs> people who do the boxer size, and then they think, I can fight now. I haven't even done that. The gloves that don't punch back. I legit have never even done that. Laurie Daly, Michael Clark, and Ben Wade taking you through the morning here on the Big Sports Breakfast. So much news to get through, and very shortly we'll get to Dick Fane, but the suggestions are coming through thick and fast for who you would like to see in a boxing bout. Needless to say, Clarky, uh, there are a few suggestions for you to take what on. What a stupid topic from you this yeah, morning. It, was, it probably it just, was. You've obviously never listened I've to woken. this program at all. <laughs> I've woken a few <laughs> My people. Oh, God. Up. Yeah. I apologise. Oh, don't be sorry. But I'm also. All for it. If it's for charity and for raising money, bring it on. Okay. Hey, uh, a few people suggested Luke Marlowe, Dave Stanley. No. Why would you want to see those two in a book? <laughs> 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 Why would you want to see? DS. Neither could hold their hands up. DS is... I love stirring Marlo up. Because when you stir Marlo up, Marlo actually thinks he goes all right. Well, Marlo's I, brother, it, it, apparently, yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. And I think Marlo has done a bit of training with him. Okay. I don't know whether he's jumped in the ring, but Marlo gets a bit punchy when he's had a few. Well, Marlo, Luke, he wants to have a... Maybe yeah. that's the you know, go You, you know when you've got a mate and they've had a few and they like to shadow box <laughs> and do all that? Like, that's Marlo on the drink. Yeah. Maybe Lukey would do it. Maybe that could be his fight. It could be for charity so he could raise some money. I quite like the uh, target for him. Oh, how did he go with Tommy? Oh, well, the, dri- the, the drive down the and then the, and the race. Barlow what happened in the race first? It was the most watched race at Queanbeyan on a Tuesday in maybe its history. Did Last it, what race. What price did it start? It, so it was $2 all day. In the final five minutes, it drifted to $4.60 <laughs> oh, and proceeded to run a very unpleasant fourth or fifth. Never, ever a chance. Oh, what, I, because of the ride or no, just no, no, no good? No, Tommy has given it. He has afforded it every opportunity. Right. The horse simply was not good enough. I wonder what the... F- we'll have to get Marlo on to ask you about the trip down and the trip Road home. Trip. Like the driver. Oh, the driving home would have been a little quieter, you would have thought. Oh, Tommy would have been filthy <laughs> going all the way down there for one oh. ride in the last. And I've got to get to the bottom of it, why they're leaving at 9 o'clock when the race wasn't starting until 4 o'clock. Mm, making a day of it. Mm-hmm. That's a long trip well, they, to Queanbeyan. Well, stop on the road for a picnic or something. Well, Maybe they did. Pub crawl. <laughs> My understanding Maybe they were is... both in the back seat and they got a driver. <laughs> we need to get to the bottom of this because this is serious stuff. Uh, somebody's just, Fitzy's just said, Marlowe would get knocked over in a good breeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, there got, to, got was... to move around in the shower to get wet, Marlowe. <laughs> <laughs> there was a good suggestion, I thought. Mitchell Johnson and David Warner. Johnson, though, I believe. No, I wouldn't fight Mitch. Mitch no, is, he's Mitch got some doing. anger. And Mitch knows exactly what he's doing. He, was it, he, his wife was a kickboxing Black champion. Belt, Black belt taekwondo. Taekwondo, right. Yeah, and I think Mitch might have, after cricket, 
um, he might have. I think he might have done something with Taekwondo as well. To well, Justin Langer belt. or something. Justin Langer, black belt Taekwondo black, as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a black belt. <laughs> yeah, in what? <laughs> around, around your trousers. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's suggested uh, Peter from Conwall. He suggested Spud Carroll and the Chief. Don't know that that one's going to eventuate. Jeez, <sighs> oh, I tell you what though. Uh, do you? I know that you're from South Australia, but can you remember those two clashing in mid game? Just in, in club games? No. Oh, you should have seen. Fierce some was of, it? Oh, fierce, mate! Some of the the hits on each other were as good as you'll ever see. One on one battles, which you don't tend to see a lot of these days. They would just single one another out, and they would just try and bash each other, and. I don't know how they got up after being hit, and I don't know how. And and they are they're they're, they're good mates now. I think at, at the time they used to go at each other, but mm. they were two of the hardest blokes you'll ever ever see. Dick, great to have you on the show again. The Chiefs overcame the Bills and the Lions beat the Buccaneers. What did you make of the two playoff games, mate? Well, let's start. Uh, I mean, let, let's start with that uh, that Lions game, or excuse me, the the Forty ers game uh, against the Packers. I mean, the wrong team won that football game, guys. I mean, Brock Purdy for three quarters was the worst player on the field, and he nearly cost his team the game. And to his credit, he came back and did a nice job in the fourth quarter and led them on that game-winning touchdown drive. But the, the Packers played, outplayed the 49ers. And it gives me a little bit of pause going forward with the 49ers, who I have always thought was my Super Bowl favorite. It gives me a little bit of pause that if Debo Samuel is not able to play or if he is, you know, comes into a game and then has to be pulled out of a game due to injury – can the 49ers win? Um, I think they can. I, I think they can beat the Lions in the championship game. But can they go all the way and beat the winner of the Ravens Chiefs? I think that is uh, that is yet to be uh, decided. Lamar Jackson was excellent as always in the in the win over the Texans. Um, Lamar gets his second playoff win of his career. Now he has his stiffest test of his playoff career going up against Kansas City in that Chiefs-Bills game. CBS is reporting that uh, 50 million people watched the Chiefs-Bills game on Sunday night football. Uh, just uh, unbelievable numbers there. But uh, Kansas City, uh, you know, gets the benefit of a missed field goal. Buffalo cost themselves with a fake punt, which was a, just a horrendous decision by uh, by Sean McDermott. But the right team won that game because, remember, McCole Hardman fumbled at the one-yard line. It went out of bounds. Um, it, I think that's a terrible rule in the NFL where a fumbling uh, player loses possession of the ball if they fumble it out of the end zone. But if they fumble it out of bounds in the field of play, they get the ball back. I just don't see the, I don't see any consistency in that rule. So something may be changed there. But uh, the Lions, good on them for beating the Buccaneers, did what they should do. Uh, that game, the, the spread came down to that two-point conversion, didn't it? Uh, I had the Buccaneers plus six and a half. Buccaneers uh, down eight, go for two. Uh, we cover if they get it. They didn't, and uh, we didn't cover that one, unfortunately. Yeah, Dick, what about uh, Debo Samuels? Why have this year in particular they've lost with, without him and they struggle without him the other day? Um, what, what is it about him that makes him so good? I think it's the it's the way that Kyle Shanahan uses him in concert with Christian McCaffrey in the run game. Um, that's what makes that offense go because now you're really taking all the pressure off of Brock Purdy. When you can run the ball with Christian McCaffrey, 
You've got a secondary option either via the run with Debo Samuel or via the short pass with Debo Samuel, screen passes and such. And then you have a third option in George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk as a, as a wide receiver option. It just, it, it just works in concert. Now, you take Debo out of there, defenses can focus more attention on Christian McCaffrey. Um, Ayuk's a good receiver. He's not a game-breaking receiver. Kittle is not the, t- the tight end he used to be as he's getting older. So that puts more pressure on the quarterback, Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy has not shown that, uh, you know, he is able to win games for the 49ers. He is able to manage games for the 49ers and help the 49ers get wins. But uh, he has not shown the consistent ability to come from behind and win games. He did. A co- he had to come from behind this last week. We give him credit for that final drive. Um, I don't think that's sustainable, though, when the when the competition gets greater as it will in the Super Bowl, if they can get by the Lions. I think they could still beat the Lions without Debo Samuel. I don't think they can win a Super Bowl without Debo Samuel. Well, obviously they're going off over there in Detroit because they're now one game away from the Super Bowl. But if say Jared Goff was able to take Detroit into another <laughs> Super Bowl, I, I mean I'm not a big rap on Goff. I think he's an okay player, but I mean not many players get the go to two Super Bowls as a quarterback? No, that's fair. And with two different teams, I think that's I think that's well said. And Jared Goff is a guy that I think was stuck in a bad situation for a long time. He was a very talented player in college, a very uh, you know high, highly drafted player. And it just didn't work for him for a while. He was he was miscast. Uh, he was mishandled in his early years as, a, as an NFL quarterback. And then he gets put with Sean McVay, and then he goes to Detroit. I thought once he went to Detroit, things would kind of start falling off again for, uh, for, for Jared Goff because uh, he struggled early in his career with the Rams before McVay showed up. He goes to Detroit, and then all of a sudden, he's able to click with this offense. And, uh, you know, their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, has done a remarkable job in the last two years with Jared Goff and uh, Ben Johnson is actually a guy that the my Seattle Seahawks are looking closely at and going to have an interview with uh, for the head coaching job because uh, you know he is a young guy that's led now Jared Goff to 59 touchdowns and just 19 interceptions in his two years as offensive coordinator. Dick, who's in your Super Bowl? Can the Chiefs beat the Ravens and how the 49 is going to go against the Lions? Yeah, the the Chiefs can beat the Ravens. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, has lost uh, multiple games to Tom Brady in the playoffs, but other than that, he's 13-1 and one against everybody else, and I don't think Tom Brady's playing for the, for the Baltimore Ravens, but Lamar Jackson is, and uh, I think the Ravens are the appropriate favorite in this game. Yeah. I put a small wager down because I got the hook with Kansas City. I got him at three and a half yesterday, and Patrick Mahomes as an underdog just covers at an ungodly rate. Um, I, I just... Until I see the Chiefs go down in the playoffs, I'm just not going to buy it. So um, while if I had to bet my house on who's going to win the game, I would say Baltimore probably will win the game. But getting that hook in the three and a half, that's just was too good for me to pass up. So I'm, I'm kind of looking for uh, for my uh, probably a Baltimore three-point win in that game. But I'll be cheering for the Chiefs. I always cheer for Mahomes. My daughter loves Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. So uh, the, the Fane family will be cheering for, for the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. Well, I, I, I know you love Mahomes. So are you saying if you had a choice of 
bringing Mahomes or Lamar Jackson to the Seahawks, you'd take Patrick Mahomes every day of the week. Yes, I would. Yeah, yeah no, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I think uh, I think Lamar Jackson is the best athlete at quarterback in the NFL, fo- uh, closely followed by Josh Allen. I mean, I think if Josh Allen had John Harbaugh as his head coach instead of Sean McDermott as his head coach, you just flip those guys, you put Josh Allen on the Ravens and Lamar Jackson on the Bills, I think the Ravens win the Super Bowl with Josh Allen. I mean, I just think I think he is a consummate quarterback. I mean, he makes some bad decisions downfield, but he's not afraid to make those plays. And I just think I think Sean McDermott's held the Bills back. I think he made an absolutely horrendous call that maybe uh, cost that football team the game on Sunday by faking a punt in his own. I mean, if you're gonna if you want to go for it on fourth and five. Do you have a better chance with Josh Allen getting five yards, or do you have a better chance of DeMar Hamlin on a fake punt getting five yards? I mean, that to me just was bizarre. So a follow-up to that point, we've got a couple of questions through on the text line that we'll touch on quickly from an NFL side of things now that we've already got your tips. So this one from Johnny at Young. The Bills blew it again, working inside two minutes and in the red zone. They should have worked the clock and scored the TD. Do you agree they need a new head coach? A quick one there. I do. I really do. I don't think I don't, I don't think they're going to get a new head coach. I think Sean McDermott's going to stay there in Buffalo. But I, you know, offensive head coaches. So guys that have come from an offensive background, usually offensive coordinators, like we just mentioned, Ben Johnson potentially becoming a head coach here. He's the offensive coordinator of the Lions. Twelve of the fourteen teams in the NFL this year that made the playoffs had offensive head coaches. You've got three offensive head coaches out of the four coaches left, John Harbaugh being the exception, but he wasn't an offensive or defensive head coach. He was a special teams coach, which is very unique that a special teams coach becomes a head coach. But the name Harbaugh and the job that he has done is, uh, you know, you know, that goes without saying. It seems to be the trend in the NFL that offensive head coaches, innovative guys, are having more success and more playoff success. Andy Reid, incredibly innovative. Kyle Shanahan, incredibly innovative. Sean McVay, Sean McVay, offensive head coach, incredibly innovative. Mike McDaniel, look what he's done with the Dolphins in that offense, offensive head coach. It just seems to be the trend in the NFL, and until we see it go the other way, I'm going to buy into it. One last one here on an NFL front from Graham at Karajong. Hi, Dick. What contract value are you hearing Jordan Love will get? Oh, man. Well, Jordan Love has earned himself a lot of money this season, particularly in the in the last half of the season. Because in the first half of the season, people were talking about Jordan Love losing his job at the end of the year, and this was going to be a one-year uh, starting, uh, starting situation for him. Uh, he is under contract for next year. But usually when there's only one year left on a quarterback that you want to hold on to, you're probably going to restructure that contract at the end of the year. I don't think Jordan Love has done enough to prove that he should be a top five, top six paid quarterback in the NFL. But if if the Packers can get him for somewhere between what the Seahawks paid Geno Smith, which is about $25 million a year, to what the elite guys are making, the $50 million, if he can get somewhere in the 30s, million dollars a year on a four or five year contract i think that's i think that's reasonable for what for what he's shown let's have a bit of a look at the golf dick what about this young amateur nicholas dunlap winning oh. the american express what'd you make of it well i didn't think he was gonna hold on guys i mean how can you expect a 20 year old amateur even with a four shot lead going into sunday 
to, to not collapse. And he just showed so much maturity, guys. And, you know, and, and the guys around him started to collapse. It was Sam Burns, the veteran, who has won multiple times on the PGA Tour. The guy that I had, <laughs> that I had a win ticket on that goes in the water on both 17 and 18 when he's holding the lead. So it's the veteran that collapses. It's the 20-year-old amateur that uh, that sticks the six-foot putt to win the thing. And he is incredibly talented, guys. Let's not, you know, uh, let's not think that this guy is coming out of nowhere. I mean, this guy is probably the next, you know, of that line of, you know, Spieth and Rom and those guys that come through the college ranks in the United States that that go on to very quick success and very quick multiple tournaments, potentially major championships over the first three or four years of their career, like a guy like Jordan Spieth was able to do. He's probably the biggest name coming out of college golf in the United States since Jordan Spieth. Do you have any tips for us for Tory Pines? I do. I mean, I think this is we're finally going to get a tournament where one of the favorites wins. I mean, do you know that if you were to the odds to win each of the first three to hit the first three winners on the PGA Tour this year would have been one in one point two four million. If you would have hit the three winners, Chris Kirk, Grayson Murray and Nick Dunlap, uh, I think we will go back on this tough course at Torrey Pines. We'll go back to one of the favorites. Um, I like either of the two, Colin Morikawa or Xander Shoffley at the top of the board. If you go down a little deeper, how about our Aussies, huh? How about the old man Aussie in Jason Day? And how about the young Aussie in Minwoo Lee? I mean, this is a guy that is really, really talented, should fit this course very, very well. And, and I'm also sprinkling a little bit on uh, Sahith Tagala as well, who's also a, a very young, very, very talented uh, deep ball striker. So it's going to be fun this week in, in San Diego. It certainly is. It's been great to have you on the show as always and a lot to look forward to, Dick. We didn't even touch on Joel Embiid dropping 70 yesterday. <laughs> Jeez, he is a formidable force. But we'll chat again soon. See you, boys. This is the Big Sports Breakfast. Laurie Daly, Michael Clark, and Ben Way. Get your calls in 135353 53, and that SMS number 0419767272. No shortage of texts this morning. Uh, the Boxing Bout suggestion chat has certainly got plenty of you excited, and I've loved a few of the suggestions. Phil Rothfield versus Phil Gould. Who'd be winning that? Oh, Buzz wouldn't win too many fights. <laughs> <laughs> Buzz wouldn't win too Ricky many. Ricky Stewart versus Craig Bellamy in the Battle of the Blood Pressure. Fought <laughs> over 30 rounds and neither would give in. That from Tiger Marty. Uh, and they're great mates, those two. Who would you back? Ricky Stewart oh, and Ricky Craig Bellamy. Oh, Ricky would be too dirty. Right. Ricky would do still anything to win. He'd be too dirty. Billy, I could play clean. <laughs> Ricky would bite, scratch. Do anything. Sledge. Whatever it takes. Just whatever it takes. Bite your ear off. <laughs> well, you guys who... Have... People used to say to me when they hated playing against him, because even, like, they'd be walking to a scrum or something, and Ricky would be sort of walking to the scrum, and they didn't have to say anything to him. They reckon if they just caught An his eye, eye... He'd give you a spray. Yeah, he'd give him a spray. Yeah. What are you looking at? <laughs> and then just go on the attack. Yeah. And they reckon he's like, mate, I said nothing. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't say I a word, man. Cozzy <laughs> suggested Lozer and Clarky. No way. No. I'd never fight Loz. No. Give him a hug. No. 
Never fight him. Too much love there. No, yeah, lots of lots of Benway Peter Peters coming through, and I refuse to accept that that could be a thing. Uh, now, a few suggesting Mido against various opponents. Well, Mido's had a fight, but he has had an amateur fight, which he won. My memory of it is, I think it was against a real estate agent or something like that. How on long the Gold were we talking Coast. ago? Uh, well, he and I were both still at Fox, right. so I'm guessing 2000 and. 12? See, I can't remember it. And I've got to find vision of it. He trained. It was filmed. It was aired. It was aired on Fox Sports, for right. sure. So there is evidence of so it somewhere. So I need to find it, and then we'll critique him. Perhaps Mido and Marlow could jump into the ring. Well, I... Well, no, I think... Different weight divisions. Mido, Mido takes that out. Yeah. With all due respect to Marlow. Well, Marlo. no, Marlow, he's Mr. Punchy. He rates well, himself Luke heavily. Is, Luke is the one. He wants it. Yeah, he wants Luke, to bring he it wants on. The, he wants the stink. A few are suggesting, uh, well, a fairly predictable combination, yourself and Carlos. You Carlos. back yourself in. Oh, I don't think. Carlos is yeah. probably not in a state to go more than <laughs> one round. So if I can survive the, the king hit, yeah. <laughs> Carlos will need a bit of time to get into shape um, for the event. But, uh, yeah. Sarah Arbo and Nat Barr were suggested oh, by someone. God. I don't know where that one came from. <laughs> I think Roger sent that one through. Uh, there have what been about the Johns brothers at the moment? Sounds like there's a bit of beef going on there. Maddie and Andrew. That'd be a good stink, I reckon. Yeah, no. Nah, I, don't, I don't know whether... There is beef? You reckon it's just media build-up? I think so. Well, shock me. What a surprise. Oh, I, I think it would be. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they, they're they, brothers they, as they well, get like, on. Yeah. They get on well. Yeah. They'd have their moments like anyone. Oh, See, all brothers. Brothers. Yeah. All brothers like best scrap. mates. Yeah. You have, have a stink all the time. Yeah. Exactly. You're, you've always had a scrap with your brother. I mean, my brother and I get along like a house on fire, but we have had scraps in the past. And we had scraps until he got considerably bigger than me as a younger brother, and I decided it was smarter to, yeah. to stop with that sort of stuff. Well, you've got to know your limit, don't Adam you? Adam Blair and Glenn Stewart. Round two. Oh, yes. That was from years ago. It was. Uh, the Battle of Near Bookvale. Near the sideline. Yeah. Battle of Bookvale. That was, mm. a, that was a massive stink. That one from Tom at Tamworth. Uh, we've got rugby expert calling through. If you guys have got other calls, make sure to send them through to us. 135353. That SMS number 0419767272. Hey, I didn't mention the Socceroos. Did you happen to catch the result last oh, night? I did, one all. One all. So that was against Uzbekistan and apparently a very controversial penalty to the Socceroos. So they've secured top spot in their Asian Cup group. In terms of other sporting news, which we haven't ticked off this morning, uh, you might have seen the headline that Victorian batter Will Pekoski was substituted out of that second eleven match a day or so after the head knock. Now, the headline's a touch on the misleading side simply because... He was 40-odd when he got hit in the head, uh, left the field, came back and made 80, 89, yep, I think correct. it was. And then uh, he's been substituted out of the match, but for no, it, it's just precautionary. He's got, a, he's got a shield game in 10 or 11 days. They've said, let's just give him a rest. He's done enough. He proved what he had to do at the crease. There's no point risking him. Mm in any way, shape, or form. I don't think he's suffering a concussion or anything on that front. So No, but the big, the big problem it's, it's, will be is 
if he gets hit at all well, in any game, that's, that's exactly now he's right. going to have to leave the field. Well, they're, they're going to be extra safe with him, which they need to be and should be. But it's more than that. It's the fact we're sitting here having the conversation. Like, as soon as Will gets hit anywhere on that helmet, everyone's going to be worried about him and worried for him. So that's why I was saying the other day, I I, I haven't watched Will um, <clears throat> bat close enough, but I, I think he needs to... I think he needs to have a think about his his prelim movement, his setup, his stance. How he oh, I know he loves taking on the short ball, which is great, but I think he's got to now find a way to avoid getting hit. So Borsy's playing the the hook shot or the pull shot at. He might now need to duck or sway out of the way. I just think it's got to that place, and, and it's not a big adjustment. It's not. It won't change the rest of his batting. It won't stop him playing for Australia. He's a superstar. He's a wonderful, wonderful, talented young player. So I just think it's just everyone gets so concerned. And if we're concerned, imagine how he feels as well. You know, when he gets hit, I would imagine. It's like every time I tore my hamstring. As soon as you felt any sort of twinge in that hammy, you just... You were just extra worried. Just thought, oh, not this again. Oh, not this again. And I'd imagine hit, getting hit in the head would be no different. You just, you just be concerned about. Oh my God, I don't want to be concussed, or I don't want dizziness, or you know. And and, and the other thing that I think we need to also keep in the front of our minds is, mate, it can't be can't be good getting hit in the head with a cricket ball as well. Helmet on saves your life. There's no doubt about it. Well, majority of the time, but still, it's. Not a good place to be, and I saw played a lot with Justin Langer and saw him get hit in the head a lot. And um, you know, I'll never forget his hundredth Test match where Natini wiped him out without mm-hmm. making a run. Had to get carried off the field, and he didn't want to go, but he just got hit so many times, and he had no choice. He had to go. So I don't want, you know, you don't want to see anyone in that position. And that's what I'm saying. I think Will now has got to he's got to look at the technical side of playing the short ball. And try, there's no guarantees, none of us want to get hit, but sometimes you do, but I think he's got to probably adapt um, a method to avoiding getting hit, and that might mean playing, not taking on the hook shot as much or the pull shot as much as what he probably would like, Um, and he's probably got to drill that into his game, but, oh, the positive, he's fine. You know, that's that's great. And the precaution, understand, get it. The fact he went back onto the field, made an extra 40-odd runs, great signs. Um, and, mate, I think it, the other thing we're seeing about Will, you can see how much he wants to play. You know, there's already been a lot of talk about, oh, should he retire? Should he walk away from cricket? He doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to play. No, so, well, that's there for the medical experts yeah. to come up with that exactly decision right. along with Will Pukowski. He's no tough kid as well, that. mate. Tough kid. Ben, another zero result from Mossy for the Socceroos last night at 66 in succession. There can't be 66. Can we look? We need an investigation. He has not got 66 multis wrong, surely. I don't know. That's a lot. I'm only reading the text line. It wouldn't be 66. Surely not. I wasn't aware, by the way. It's a lot of defeats. That's a lot, yeah. Uh, we've got Adam Pengilly coming on the line in a little bit. Uh, for Lance at Point Frederick, who always asks about Adam, and I believe messaged in, it was either Lance or someone else yesterday said, love myself a bit of morning Pengilly. Uh, he said, can we confirm if Adam Pengilly will be attending the Big Sports Brekkie Luncheon 
just deciding whether or not to buy a ticket. Now, it is interesting that Lance's attendance hinges on whether Adam will be there, but for those who don't know about the lunch, what date is it? 15th of March, I, I believe it is, at, at Allianz Stadium. I'm just going to check my calendar. And tickets are flying out tickets the door. Tickets are flying out the door, so mm. if you want to be a part of it, yes, it is the 15th of March, the BSB luncheon um, at Allianz Stadium. So looking forward. I've never, well, I have, tell a lie, when it first opened. We did a function there for the tap, um, but that's the only time I've been up in the function room. So okay. it's a very good, very fun. great. Well, it's a it's a good venue. Oh, not a good venue. It's a great venue. I haven't been invited yet. Really? As guest? As no, you got to work that. Occasional guest earn that. host. You got to earn. You got to earn the yeah, right to be invited to our luncheon. Okay, bit yeah, risky. It's just not a freebie. <laughs> yeah, you don't just. We're to cover costs. Listen, don't come for. We're not even here for a week. You have four, day, four days. Four days, <laughs> mate. If you're going to play a test match, it's at least turn fault. up for all five. It's not you my should fault. be a public Friday. holiday. Yeah, you come Friday yeah. and we'll invite you. You turn up Friday morning on your own. Yeah. And we'll invite you. I think we all know I'll be on the Mornington Peninsula on Friday. <laughs> so Adam Pengilly's coming up. Roger Rashid to talk a bit more tennis. I'll go through those results in a tick. Kayla George, the Sydney Flames centre, is going to join us. Brad Davos back on the line, the dog sitter. Chris Hartley, the Brisbane Heat selector, is going to join us too. And Joshua as a party, the Australian 100 metre runner, is going to be a great chat as we talk a little bit of athletics later on in the show. Um, but we have lots to go through in the meantime. Just on the tennis, and those suggestions still coming through. The King and Blocker Roach. The King wins that, surely. No. No? No. Beats Blocker. Blocker. Are you kidding me? Not many beat Blocker. Mate, really? Yeah. Come on. Blocker's current state, not peak. Mate, oh, even no, current state. Now. Blocker's fine, mate. Yeah. You're not fighting Blocker no, now. Blocker's got a You're not fighting Blocker in any state. He's got the lethal left. <laughs> He's got the lef- no lethal way. left hand. And he's still got that aggro in him. Don't worry about that. When oh, he, yeah. When he flicks the aggro And he's got switch, a good forward too. You so know So what's Wally throwing? Lettuce leaves. Well, he's not beating no, Block. Well, just the size. Mm. size Heavyweight versus middleweight. Block just needs to <laughs> lose, uh, land one. Elbow versus Dutton. Dutton's winning Dutton's that. winning that. That's Definitely. That's, yeah. Easy. Peace. Yep. That's a no-brainer. on top of the head. Uh, the Royal Rumble of Stuart Broad and Novak versus the Australian public. Well, that'd be a near on public. Well, I'm just trying stoning. to work out: is Novak loved or hated? I feel like he's loved at the moment. Well, no. Listening mm. to the crowd, they booed him yesterday. yesterday. No, they didn't boo him, but there was more noise for Taylor Fritz. Was, when mate, he, it wasn't for Fritz; it's for Fritz's misses. Possible. Everyone's, everyone's. She's like, mm. she's the it girl at the moment, so they don't want is him she to lose. A I don't influencer. Know, no idea who she is. Right, but I think because she went the Vegemite, she's the Aussie favourite. Ah, so no one wanted right. Fritz to lose. They girl. want her to stay. Yeah. Well, she was supposed to eat a jar of Vegemite. I think she, she had half a spoon and yeah. threw up. But she's the she's the. Isn't it amazing that people from overseas don't like Vegemite. Well, do you like Marmite? I don't think I've ever had Marmite. Yeah. See, I, I don't. I don't. I love. Well, I, love I love Vegemite, but I don't like Marmite. And then people in England would say the same. How can yeah. you like Vegemite? It's so much. It's more powerful and yeah. potent and stronger than Marmite. But you could under. Vegemite is one of those things. I reckon there's no grey. It's you either love it or it could be the most disgusting taste mm. in the world. I reckon it's pretty potent. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. But I, I love it on toast. I just oh. love it in the morning. On toast. Heaps of butter. Yeah. Oh, or just dripping. What about cheese and Vegemite? Used to have that for uh, school lunch. lunch. Yeah, Mum used to make that yep. school sandwiches. Vegemite and cheese. And the old what were they? The 
wasn't the good cheese. <laughs> it was the uh, oh, thin was... sliced cheese in the packet. And they were just... Oh, not the Kraft singles. Oh, yeah, whatever they were. Mate, whatever. They, they mine, was, mine was from Franklin's. Cheese. It was the no-frills packet, whatever yeah. mine was. Let me tell you. What was the other one? Bega. Couldn't get that. Yeah. Just to clarify, this is the quality chat that gets you a seat at the lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Yes. Okay, very good. You're, Quick you're, tennis earning, results. you're earning your way. You're just earning by, your way. Just there. by sitting here and enduring that. <laughs> okay, so tennis results. Djokovic, through to a 48th Grand Slam semi, beat Fritz, 7-6, 4-6, 6-2, 6-3 in three and three-quarter hours. Yannick Sinner won the quarterfinal against Rublev. That didn't start until 10.42 and caused a little bit of a stir. Finished at 121. 6-4, 7-6, 6-3. Arena Sabalenka took her winning streak at Melbourne Park to 12 matches. She's through to the semis with a 6-2, 6-3 win against Barbara uh, Kretchikova. And then we had Coco Goff, who will now face Sabalenka in her first Australian Open semi-final. That was a huge test against Kostyuk. 7-6, that was 8-6 in the tie-break. 6-7, 3-7 in the tie-break, and then 6-2 in that third set. And just on the mixed doubles, Aussie pairing Olivia Gadecki and Mark Polmans. They are through to the semi-finals. They beat Nathaniel Lamons. Kyrgios versus anyone is about that tall man would like to see. And Didn't Nick have a go at Pat Cash the other day? Pat Cash? Yeah. I, I didn't Pat, hear I saw that. him interviewing Djokovic last, last, oh, yes, night. last night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think Pat Cash was talking about, uh, I think it had something to do with the noise that was being made at the tennis now in regards to entertainment and the, the fans being a bit more involved than years gone by. Mm. And I think Pat was saying, I think when you're playing, you know, there's got to be that silence still and that respect shown to the players. They're there playing, blah, blah, blah. And then I think Nick just... Smoked him. Just said, mate, it's another example of an old bloke who doesn't know what's going on in sport. And yeah. Direct quote, stubborn, old, and <laughs> stuck in his ways. Yeah. Imagine if I said that about oh, Alan Border. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I think a number of players have said the same thing. They've, they've blown up about behaviour in the past at the Australian Open and during this Aren't Australian Open. Aren't players blowing Open. up now? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. I, 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 I tend to agree that and again, if I'm going to the tennis, yeah, I'm going there for to watch, but also have a bit of fun. But are you are you, so a yell- I'm the, are you I'm yelling out? You're not yelling out, no. going shot or no, shit shot. But I, or, I think if you? people and if you're going to grow, I suppose you you need to add some type of element to the sport. I, I don't I don't I don't think you can just keep rolling out and staying the same, can you? I know I tennis don't, is but I don't understand what so are we, what, are, history. what are we what are we talking what are we talking about what's what's Pat or what are the players what are the current players at this Australian Open <clears throat> excuse well, me well, what are they blowing oh, up about? I think they're blowing up about dr- <clears throat> drunk yobos and and people like that getting and, drunk and, and, and yelling and abuse down when they shouldn't be walking yeah movement down mid game is a, has been a drama yeah. well. Cricket's still got the same beef. You got the side screen, and then if somebody dare steps front yeah. in front of the side screen, the player blow up, blows up. The batter stops. So I don't know. Like I, I think you still remember if you're going to a nightclub, you're going to a nightclub. If you're going to the tennis, surely you're going to first and foremost. You're going to watch the yeah. tennis. Is that fair? Or no, not necessarily. Uh, yeah, no. So I think there's got to be fair. a bit of a balance. Yeah, obviously yeah. no sport can stay the same. No. Has to move with the you times. Need to evolve. Yeah. But I think you still got to see. I'd I'd like to see not Novak Djokovic plays best tennis. Mm. 
you know, uh, yeah, I'd like, I, I, if there's music, if there's entertainment, if blokes are yelling or girls are yelling, I'm okay with that. But I still want to see the best product as like, I'm going to the cricket to watch the cricket. I'm going to the tennis to watch the tennis. I'm going to the golf to watch the golf. I think there's got to be a balance. Mm, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to the no. cricket to watch a concert. Well, well, I go, when I go to the cricket. Yep. All right. So I go every year, Sydney test day yep. one. Yep. I don't watch much cricket. Okay. But I so like you're going. like you're sitting out the back, or you're sitting in the oh, members no, no. bar, yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. So you're getting a bit on TV. I, I watch a bit on TV, a bit on the, okay. the oval. But do you go? Do people go to the tennis? That's only me. I would imagine if you're going to the yeah. tennis and doing that, you're probably sitting out the back. You're not going into Rod Laver and watching the main event. Mm. But I'm all cool with like if I went to Adelaide, if I went to the Adelaide Test match, I would sit out the back. Mm. I wouldn't go and watch cricket. I would because the atmosphere out the, the back. Yeah. I'll go to the races. And I'll watch two races. Yeah. <laughs> Melbourne Cup, yeah. you saw me. Yeah. But I don't know. Is the tennis like tennis that? Tennis is probably not like that. Mm. There's probably If you go to the tennis, you go under there to watch it, I suppose. The news is coming our way at seven. We're going to bring in Adam Pengilly. I'm hoping that Adam has a little bit of time up his sleeve because we'll only probably get through the Australia Day Cup before we get to the news. Adam, if you can hang around, we'll get through the rest of it off the back of that. But Naval College headlining the Australia Day Cup. That's exciting. Morning, Ben. Morning, boys. Yeah, you're right. He's uh, he's been probably one of the form horses of the of the summer so far, and he finds a really suitable race in the Australia Day Cup there at Warwick Farm on Friday. And Annabelle Neesham obviously had a good preparation with him in his first Australian preparation down here in Australia. He's gone to another level now, winning the January Cup, and this looks like a really suitable race for him again on Friday. Albeit he's got to carry 58 and a half kilos, but you you can often see these stays just go bang, bang, bang throughout this um, this summer period when they've got plenty of room to move in the ratings. He's a horse who has had that. He's probably starting to find his true level now around his stakes company, but looking at these uh, initial nominations for the Australia Day Cup on Friday, it looks like a pretty common race with a lot of similar horses that he's been meeting. Albeit Yankee Hustle might back up on the, on the short backup after winning last Saturday, but I can understand why he's going to start a pretty short price favourite in that race on Friday. What's the what's some news with Jet Stanley? Yeah, some really significant news, Loz. Uh, speaking of Naval College, he actually rode him to win that January Cup a couple of weeks ago. A really highly rated apprentice in Sydney who's obviously been doing his, his, his indentures with Annabelle Neesham. Now, they've had a bit of a, I think, a bit of a disagreement or certainly some relationship has soured between the two and he's going to leave the stable almost with immediate effect and heads to the Peter and Paul Snowden yard. So that came as a bit of a surprise to me given how well he's been riding for Annabelle Neesham with the amount of opportunities he's been getting. But... She obviously wants to go in a new direction. He's going to move on and, and link up with the Snowdens. And uh, for one of our, our better apprentices in New South Wales, a bit of a surprise that news emerged in the last couple of days. For those unaware, to listeners out there, I have a man crush on Jeff Penzer. He's my favourite <laughs> of all time. And it's great to see the good man back. He is back, Ben. Fantastic news. You know, that obviously was part of that horror fall uh, at Tyree a few months ago when he had sustained some pretty significant injuries, most probably pertinently to his ribs. Um, took him a good four or five weeks of just doing nothing for those ribs to start to heal. And he's going to resume riding at Goulburn next week, which is great news. I, I shudder to think how many kilometres Jeff Penzer does in his car each year. It'd just be phenomenal the amount of driving he does and how hard he works. So it'd be great to see him back in the saddle after an absence of, what is it, four or five months now. And um, I'm sure plenty of trainers will be looking to secure his services for, for provincial and country mounts. Enjoy the day, mate. See you, boys.